Hey, everybody, before we dive into today's brand new awesome episode, I just want to remind you that our next big passionate and prosperous community event is coming up on Friday and Saturday, June 2nd and 3rd. Embody Your Passion is a two-day, experiential, transformational, live on Zoom event where I am going to help you to master your message, ignite your confidence, and prosper in your life-changing business. Over the course of these two days, I am going to be helping you to step fully into your mission and your message. We'll be doing that by shifting your nervous system with practices like restorative yoga, breath work, meditations, visualization, and finally, speaking from the heart. Gone are the days where you are going to feel like nobody understands what you do or that you're not sure how to talk about it or you don't know what to put out on social media or how to create a valuable resource, workshop, training or event to help attract your clients, get your mission and message out there and have people say yes to working with you. If this sounds good to you, go over right now to my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com. We have an events tab there and you can go click and look at all of the juicy details. This is not to be missed. I only do two two-day events per year. One online, which is the one in June, and one in person, which is in New York at the end of October. So jump on it right now and let's get together for two unbelievable days in June where I am going to help you to take you, your mission, and your business to the next level. Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. I have to say that I am so happy to be with you. Um, I took a break from recording last week, which doesn't actually affect you because we've got episodes pre-recorded and we sent, you know, nothing interrupts the flow of the show. But for me, I took one week off from making a new show because we had a big training in the passionate and prosperous community called Soulful Selling. And I had a lot of output last week, and so I decided to take a little break from recording. And you know what? When I was getting ready to sit down and record today, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to like get back and bring something really juicy, fresh, and awesome to you. So today, we're going to be talking about a great topic that I think is really going to help you, and that is the difference between the energy of attracting and the energy of chasing. So I'm just going to let that land for a minute because I know that so many of you feel sometimes really confused about what actions you should be taking in your business because you're very concerned with not wanting to seem salesy and pushy and you don't want to, you know, be icky and you don't want to like, you know, do the things that you might like get get done to you, right? Like with all that cold DMing in, you know, in social media, we get all those like super annoying messages, which a lot of them are probably bots. But anyway, I think that this whole idea of what's the difference between attracting and I'm going to add in here like nurturing and serving and then chasing is something that a lot of I'm going to say us not only you a lot of us like kind of you know every day we're like 
well, well, where's the line? You know, when, like, how do I know? And so that's what I'm going to try to talk about with you today. Um, and I think that you're going to come away from this with some really good, like, ideas or ways of kind of putting that in check and and knowing when you're actually doing your job and when you want to um, kind of create a boundary. Okay. And so I think that one of the reasons why this comes up a lot and it, it, it comes up with my clients literally will send me messages like regularly. I mean, regularly, like this is a regular occurrence. It also comes up in like our sessions and it also comes up in our mastermind. I will get the, you know, the question, like, what should I do? This person said that they wanted to talk to me. I sent them a link to my calendar. They never scheduled a call. Um, what should I do? Or I had a discovery call with someone and they said that they needed to, you know, just needed to think about it, but they seemed really interested in working with me. And now I haven't heard from them. Oh, you know, or um, this person, uh, you, know, you know, like all scenarios like that. Like, uh, you know, I had this conversation with someone and they were so enthusiastic and, you know, I reached out to them and they're not responding. Or I did a training or a challenge and I, you know, I did something that people came to and they were, they were so excited by it and they loved it and they got so much value and they were, you know, they were going crazy during it and then nothing, right? They didn't, they didn't answer any of my follow-up emails. They didn't book a call, blah, blah, blah. So I think you're getting the, getting now the point of, you know, where we're going, right? Which is, we're not talking about like, cold messaging or, you know, any sort of like, like initial contact. What we're talking about here is that whole conundrum of what do you do when someone else is not responding or following up and you aren't sure what the right next move is, right? So why is this even a thing like in our community? I'm going to take personal responsibility because one of the things that I teach, I mean, it might even be the, 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 the number one thing that I teach as far as the kind of organic business strategy that I, you know, like that's the cornerstone of my business and, and of the Passion and Prosperous Academy and how I support my clients is personal outreach, building relationship or connection and following up. And I actually do, like, believe 100% that that is, like, the number one business strategy, right? There may be lots of other strategies. There may be lots of other important things that we do, like, like how we work with social media, you know, best practices. There, there's definitely an importance on messaging and having clarity about your message and, you know, creating great content and knowing how to put together your awesome experiences so that people can, you know, like have some, have some way of, of getting a hit of you and what you do. All of that is also important, right? There's, there's, there's so many things that we can look at for how to be successful in your business, how to have a business, how to create an organic business, you know, strategy, how to have an organic funnel, an organic content funnel, all of that. But I'm still going to say that no matter what, the number one business strategy is personal outreach, building connections and following up. And when you're me teaching that to everyone. And then also like I walk the walk that I talk. I would never tell you to do something in your business that I don't do myself, right? Or that I haven't done, right? So there may be certain things that I tell you to do because of the phase that you're in of your business that maybe I don't do anymore because I'm in a different phase, but I will never teach you anything that I haven't done myself or know is the thing you should be doing for the phase of the business that you're in. So I'm going to tell you that at any phase, at least all the phases that I've been in so far in business, personal outreach, building connection and follow-up is still the number one strategy. 
What's another thing that I teach? This is me telling you why I'm taking personal responsibility for everyone needing a lot of of my support around how to know (laughs) the difference between attracting and chasing. Okay. So I'm telling you why, why everyone is not confused, but confused isn't the right word, but it definitely comes up a lot where people say to me, what do you think? Like, like, what do you think I should do right now? You know? Um, And so one reason is because I'm always telling people that personal outreach is, is queen. Okay. Number two, I also teach that like the most important thing for you to know about marketing is that it takes anywhere from seven to 22, what we call touches. Right. But what that means is someone may need to hear, see, experience you anywhere from seven to 22 times before taking action or before like perking up or before really like, you know, going, all right, you know, I'm going to do this. So that's another thing that I talk about a lot, right? I talk so much about how like we can't just like, like work on one social media post for three days, build up all of this, like, you know, importance of it, you know, feel like our soul is uh, depending on it and then make this post and then get, you know, totally caught up and, and, and fixated on the outcome of this one single post as if it's going to like change your business, right? Like I, I, we have an episode called episode, (laughs) I get an episode called let's do launch. And in that episode, I talk about how there's just this like misperception that what you should do when you're getting your business off the ground is like do all this behind the scenes work and build a website and blah, 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 blah. And then like, you know, craft this like one massive social media post, like it's your coming out party. And then you make this post and then you think like, that's it. Now my business is open (laughs) and I'm going to get all these clients. And I'm like, oh my God, you probably have to post the the next hour as well, right? So we have to be really persistent, to be honest with you, persistent, consistent, right? Showing up a lot. That's just like what we know about the business. So, so far, here's how I'm taking responsibility for, for this question of how do I know the difference between attracting, you know, serving and chasing? Okay, well, number one, it's because I tell you that personal outreach and follow-up are your number one strategies. Number two, because I tell you that you need to basically have seven to 22 touches, touch points, some way of, you know, like being uh, in front of someone in order to, you know, for them to take action. And then the third thing that I also talk about all the time is that like human brains are kind of like dysfunctional and fucked up, you know, unless you're like proactively doing something about it. Right. And so one really tricky thing about being in the business of like helping other people with their human brains, which is what most of you, you know, most of you do or help. When I say help other people with their human brains, I mean, most of the people that you serve and that you work with are coming to you because you can help them to get some sort of outcome or success that they have yet to get on their own. And there's a very good possibility that part of why they haven't yet is because they're human and because human brains need to be told what to do if we want them to like work really well, right? And your average person isn't doing that work, but you are, you who are listening, right? You, if you're a coach, for example, you have to know how to coach yourself, right? And not just other people because one of the things that I also talk about and teach all the time is how important it is for you to be able to show up for your clients, your potential clients, your audience, the people who you are inspiring and teaching and mentoring and helping and healing and all the shit that you do, right, that we all do, that your job is that you have to know how to put your own stuff to the side. We all have stuff. I'm not saying you have to 
you have to like not have stuff. Like you, you know, that doesn't qualify you. You don't have to like not have stuff to help other people with stuff, right? But what you do have to know how to do is to put your stuff aside. You do have to know how to show up to your conversations, to your business activities, to your interactions, to your follow-ups and all the things that you have to do in your business. You have to be able to do those things, putting your own shit aside, right? And you have to know like, oh, yeah, oh, there's my shit over there. My stuff is over there. Right now I'm going to do business and I'm going to show up really powerfully for this person. And then when I'm done, I can always go deal with my shit. But you have to be an expert at being able to do that. That is, in my opinion, a requirement for success. And you don't only have to be able to do it like when you're talking to another person, but you also have to be able to do it just when you're taking action, period. Like even if the action that you're doing is, you know, posting or writing or, you know, like whatever, right? Showing up in the world. So whenever you want other people in any way, shape or form to like respond to your powerful energy, that is the energy of you being an expert and amazing at what you do, all you need to know is that you need to be able to separate your shit and your stuff out when, when you need to. And that's like, that's what you have to practice, right? So the third thing, right? So I told you, why is everyone like, I don't know. It's because of these things that I teach. I take full responsibility and now I'm going to help you. So just one more time, the responsibility I'm taking is teaching you to do personal outreach and follow-up to remember that in marketing, we need seven to 22 touches. And then the third thing is to remember that everyone has a human brain. Okay. And therefore, with all three of those things in mind, your actions when it comes to what to do about following up or, you know, like how to, how to like create clients and, and manage your business, all three of those things are, are, are factors. And when you're playing into all three or playing with them, right, it can feel a little bit like you're not sure how to like draw the line, right? When do I draw the line on personal outreach? When do I draw the line on touches? <laughs> That does not sound good. You should always draw the line on touches. No, I mean, when do I draw the line on, you know, how many times I think I should like, you know, reach out or get in touch with this person if I'm operating under the principle of that I know that it takes multiple in order for someone to take action. And then the third thing is, at what point do I know when to stop like going, yeah, but you know, this is how their brain is probably working. And since I'm the expert, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to know that. Right. So it's tricky because I want you to use all three of those things to determine your strategy and your action in your business. And yet, of course, there's like a limit, <laughs> right? Like we're not just going to keep doing personal outreach, you know, like while we're getting completely ignored for like, you know, for a year. <laughs> okay. So, so I get it. So that's what we're going to talk about because it, it's, there's no science to it. And when I was thinking about putting the, the episode together, I was thinking about my actual, what do I do when my clients come to me with this? And a lot of the time, what we have to do is, is I ask them a lot of questions and what it all starts to boil down to is like, well, what does your gut say? You know, like, what is the, what do you feel? Because I believe that you know when you shift from the empowered like energy and come from of being in service, of knowing that, you know, that you're the expert and the other person is the human, <laughs> um, you know, knowing that people need our nudges and our reminders and our support in order to like show up for themselves, right? So like, where do you draw the line of like knowing all of that and then knowing when, like when you're, when your work is done, right? I always think of like, go, my work here is done, right? And so there's no real way to know. There's no science of it. 
other than, oh, what this is what I was about to say. You know when your energy shifts from that feeling like you're empowered and being in service and you're genuinely like thinking and believing that this person really could use the the nudges, right? And when it shifts into you feeling like you're being chasey, right? Or clingy or scarcity or or where it doesn't feel good to you anymore, right? And so there's a difference between someone being human and having any number of reasons for not getting back to you right away or not, you know, like not responding, not booking the call, not not doing what they said they were going to do even. There's so many reasons that they could be doing that One of them could be that they're avoiding you or ghosting you, but that's only one of like many options. And you see the, the, the thing that gets really tricky is that when you're in your human brain, right? When you're in your human brain and you're like, like I said, dealing with your own shit, you're more likely or most likely to assume the minute there's a delay, the minute someone that said they were going to, you know, like get back to you or that they were going to click that link and book that call or that they were going to let you know tomorrow if they're in or, you know, like or 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 even if they they were just at your amazing thing and 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 they were like they were like acting as if this was like, you know, like life changing your workshop, your training, your talk, your whatever. And then you reach out to them and then they like ignore you, right? Like you're more likely to immediately assume that it's about you and to immediately assume that they are, you know, dissing you and ghosting you, ignoring you, sending you a message, right? Sending you a, sending you a silent message of how much they hate you. This is what our human brains do, right? So you're more likely to do that than go to all the other logical possibilities as well. And this is why when it comes to doing personal outreach and follow-up, I do have to often coach my clients to do it, right? Because we're overcoming those, those beliefs. And so then, of course, it makes sense that at some point they're going to come to me and go, okay, am I still supposed to be overcoming this belief or now am I supposed to go, okay, I've given that enough tries and now I'm going to move on. And a lot of times my clients will come to me and say, how do I know? Should I? What do you think? What do you think I should do? And that's where we do some analysis. We do kind of look at okay, what, what have you been doing? What has, and often I have to go back and say, tell me the whole chain of events. Like, tell me what you did and what they did and what you did or said and what they said. And I will often get that whole scenario before we then break down what their next step should be and try to really get a gut check and really feel into like, what do you want to do? Because now I'm going to say what I think is maybe the most important thing of the whole episode. Because the minute that you notice yourself shifting into an energy around a particular person, a particular potential client, whatever, the minute that you start shifting into an energy where you feel disrespected or annoyed or like they're you know, this person is like wasting my time or they're rude. Okay. The minute you start feeling those things or the minute you notice that you are in scarcity and desperation and that your reason for reaching out to them is actually not any longer because you truly believe that like, this is, you know, like, like this is your, um, way of helping them is to like, you know, to, to, to give them that nudge. The minute you recognize those emotions in yourself, the, the, the yucky ones that you don't like, right. To feel like, you know, like I said, starting to feel resentment, starting to kind of get a little pissed, kind of feeling disrespected, right. 
um, I'll, oh, because I'll give you another one of the examples. Another example is when somebody um, uh, doesn't show up, doesn't show up to the call. Forget about booking it. Doesn't show up to it. Cancels it at the last minute. Like you're you're all ready to get on this call with someone, and then they're like, they text you, "Oh, I'm I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, you know, I'm going to go uh, have iced coffee. <laughs> you know," and you're like, "What the fuck?" Like. It's a total disrespect, right, of your time and you feel it. Or you show up to something and the other person is, you know, like driving and not taking it seriously. Or they're walking through a loud, crowded place trying to have like some sort of like important phone call with you. These are not just business things. These are also life things. These are things that would annoy you regardless of whether or not this was a potential client. And so one of the things that I work with my clients on is when you notice that the dynamic between you and this other person at this point now is becoming where you don't like the way you're feeling and therefore you don't like the way that you're acting or showing up because of it. Sometimes that alone is the sign from the universe that this isn't a good partnership and that you should stop pursuing it. And I think that it takes a lot. Like, I don't want to say like where where you would need to be in your business for this not to bother you because I know that even as someone who's as far along in my business as I am, this shit still like is something that I have to really work with. If this comes up, I have to notice that thing in myself that's like, well, do I just want to walk away from a potential client, right? Like, is that what I want to do? Does that feel good? Like, like, because it's easy to be like, but I'd like to have a new client. I'd like to make that money. I'd like to, right? Like, there's always that feeling. I don't know at what point in your business that feeling goes away. I, I was trying to sort of say like, I don't know, maybe if you're making a million dollars and one client's kind of, being difficult and it starts to make you feel like, ugh, I don't want to deal with this. And then, you know, that you're just like, I'm walking away. I, you know, I kind of feel like we should all practice having that no matter what, even if we want or need a new client or want or need more money. I think that we should treat our businesses the same way that we would treat any other relationship, which is when there's a red flag, like, take it as a red flag and take it as a sign from the universe to move on. And I've talked a lot about like my dating years, right? I've talked a lot on the show in various episodes about like my experience of, you know, dating in my late 40s and definitely having that desperation, that desperate energy, that desperate feeling of, Oh my God, I just want to like find someone already and 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 get on with my life, right? And do the things that I want to do. And and I remember going on these dates from the internet, and like sometimes there would be a red flag before the date. Like it had it happened on like the fucking phone call or in the text, or someone saying something that I found a little inappropriate, or someone saying something that like just made me go, huh, right? Or then on a date and having someone behave in a way that like I would never want my partner to behave. And yet, because I was in this like a little desperate feeling of 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 really wanting someone, I would talk myself down. I would talk myself out of it. I would say, I would literally be like, well, maybe he was just nervous or, well, maybe, you know, like that was just an off night or maybe, you know, um, maybe I'm too picky. Maybe I'm asking for too much at this point. People are set in their ways. You know, I'm never going to find someone who's, you know, in there for, oh no, I wasn't in my late forties. <laughs> I was in my late thirties, early forties. <laughs> I was already married in my late 40s, um, my late 30s, early 40s, right? And I remember like having this dialogue in my head and sort of talking myself out of the red flags 
And when I made the decision to not do that anymore, I literally went to therapy for it. When I went to therapy, I was like, I'm a little concerned. Like, if it's me, is it me? How come, like, I'm not finding someone? And number two, like, like, why aren't I, like, more, why aren't I more willing to just be like, red flag, bye-bye, right? Um, and then, you know what? I stopped doing the internet dating, like, while I was in therapy and I had this whole conversation with my therapist about it. And then, ba-boom, right? Like, what happened? What I wanted. I met my husband in, I call it, in real life, IRL. I met my husband in real life, right? You've heard me tell the story. I'm not going to tell it again. Anyway, um... But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I actually think that like we have the same issue in our businesses, which is we want clients and we want money. There's nothing wrong with that. But there it isn't good if you are not willing to let a red flag be a red flag and let that be a sign to you to like not pursue. So like what's a red flag? Well, to me, the red flag is when like the dynamic or the way that someone is like responding to you or treating the relationship, you, the relationship, whatever you want to call it, in a way that doesn't make you feel good. And if someone is taking their time to get back to you or whatever, it's a little bit hard to know if they're dissing you, right? Or if they're just being human. So let's talk about like, what are all the possible things that could, that could make someone behave or act in your, in this dynamic with you, whatever that is, right? They're not, they're not necessarily your client yet. Although this could, you know, also all apply to someone who, has become your client. But let's say we're talking more about the sort of the pre-client, uh, you know, creation phase. Okay. So I want to go through some things with you to remind you of, of human brains and, 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 and what might be going on. Because I do think that it's important to always assume that any number of these things could be happening and then we'll talk about what to do, right? Like, since you don't know. That's the other problem, right? In the absence of someone telling you why they're not getting back to you or, or why they're not booking the call or why they're not, you know, following up or why they're not responding. In the absence of that, like the, the, the bottom line is you can't know. You can only know if they tell you. There's no other way to know. You can't become a sleuth. You can't become Sherlock Holmes detective. You can't go find out why someone's behaving the way they are. You can't find out, you know, do you remember when you were maybe younger? Remember like all the drama that you would get into where like some some person, whether it was a male, female, <laughs> identifying as whatever, um, you know, wasn't wasn't treating you a certain way or wasn't getting back to you and you you didn't know if they liked you or didn't like you and what would you do you like ask everybody and you'd be like collecting as much information about what they were doing or whatever I mean my god that's like so much drama in Michigas right but we don't do that now with our clients you're not like you don't have no one to call and be like hey you know so and so said they were gonna like you know book that call with me and they haven't um do you know what's going on in their life or anything? Wait, we're not doing that. So remember, in the absence of someone telling you why they're doing or not doing something, you have no way of knowing. And so what do we know the human brain is going to do? Human brains don't like that. That is a big gap that human brains don't like. Human brains don't like not knowing why someone else is doing what they're doing. <laughs> okay, like we just don't like it. And because the brain doesn't like that not knowing, guess what it's going to do? It's going to be like, I'll just fill in the blank. I'll make it up. 
That is what human brains do. And that's why I started this whole call or this whole show. We're not on a call. This whole show with reminding you that part of what you have to do in your business is learn how to distinguish between what's human brain and what's your higher brain, your genius brain, your coach brain, the part of your brain that like you want to like that goes into observation, right? In my evolved system, my evolved system of coaching, right? The O is for observe. It's such an important like skill to observe. And I'll add to observe objectively, to observe without an opinion, right? And so you have to be able to do that, observe without an opinion. So when you observe, right, someone's whatever, any situation, you get as much information as you can out of it. And then anything that you can't get, you, your brain is going to want to make it up. And your, your best skill is to resist the making up of shit. Resist the making up of shit. Right? And as soon as you resist the making up of shit and you're no longer making up reasons why this person is or isn't doing anything, then you can see it's almost like a test of your emotional life. You can then know, are you okay being in the non-making shit up like place of observing and of being unattached? Or are you getting angry? Are you resentful? Do you feel like you're being disrespected? Are you like, fuck that person, right? And as soon as that is what comes up in you, bye, walk away. It's not going to be a good relationship. That's what I mean about the red flag. Because something that you need to know about working with people, if you're in a service-based business that is fully based on relationship and communication, right? If that's what you do, if you're in the business of partnering with someone to help them, in any way, shape, or form, whether it's mentoring, teaching, um, coaching, and whatever it is, whether it's physical, whether it's yoga, wellness, health, healing, you know, like coaching, life coaching, health coaching, business coaching, you know, whether you're helping someone to sing, helping them to be better at what they do, helping them to be a better actor, helping them express themselves, helping them be a better speaker, like, oh my God, all the things, the minute that the energy or the dynamic becomes one of a of a of an emotion that doesn't belong in that partnership and you're the one who's supposed to be the leader you should know that that means it's not going to be a good partnership and then not want it literally be like i don't think this would be good even though it would be great to have a new client to make money i don't think this is going to go very well and here's what i'm going to tell you in the very few times, and it's been very few, thank God, very few times that I have ever ended up in a coaching partnership or having someone join my group program, that there was a red flag energy in the creation process that I did not heed. It always was reflected in the relationship. That person didn't get the best outcomes. Our work wasn't like as like incredible as I know work with my clients can be. It didn't have that like magic. And it, that could have been avoided if I knew then, which I couldn't know. I mean, this is always, we're always evolving. We're always learning. We're always a work in progress. That if I knew that business relationships are no different than in real world relationships, romantic, whatever you want to call it, friendships too doesn't have to be romantic. And so like you get to know when a relationship crosses a line and is no longer like doesn't have the right dynamic, doesn't have the right energy, doesn't make you or the other person feel the way that everyone wants to be feeling, then you have to be okay with like recognizing that, right? Okay, so what are some of the reasons just so that you can use that objective, right? The O for observe, the observer. 
what are some of the reasons why someone may be not behaving the way you want them to? <laughs> right? So what are some of the reasons why someone may be not following up, you know, not responding to your follow-up, not booking that next call, not getting back to you and telling you that they want to work with you or not, right? Because that's the other thing. Sometimes what we're frustrated at is I'm like, just tell me, like, just, 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 just talk to me, right? And they're not. Or they, you know, they disrespect your time, they, they cancel, right? So what are some of the reasons other than being a dick to you? would people behave that way, okay? Well, number one, they're human. And so they might already on their own be having a fear of rejection. They literally might already be afraid that you're not gonna wanna work with them or that you're gonna like, you know, tell them that they're, that they don't have the right problem or that they're not good enough or that they, you know, need something else or that they're, you know, literally... I am telling you that I bet you that there are people out there that have a fear of 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 a coach, for example, literally telling them, no, I, I'm not going to coach you like you're way too fucked up for me to coach. Right. So fear of rejection. What's another reason why people don't get back, follow up, whatever? They're procrastinators. They keep putting it off. They put it off, especially if it feels a little scary to them or a little bit like a big move, right? And they know that like, if they're going to talk to you again, it's going to be about spending money with you, investing, making a commitment. And they might be putting that off because, because it scares them. They're, they're intimidated or they know about themselves that they might not follow through and actually make good on the investment. What's another reason? Self-doubt. Kind of what I just said before with the procrastination. Self-doubt. I don't know if I can, I don't know. Now that I talked to this person, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't, maybe I can't. Maybe I won't get results. Maybe I'm not as special as everybody else that this client, that this person says or her clients that are so amazing. Did you ever think about that marketing strategy that so many people use, which is, look, I get it. Like we're supposed to talk about our results. And we're supposed to like tell everybody, look at how my clients are succeeding. But I'm going to tell you that like, if you are constantly um, advertising, like, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't know if any of you do this, but I see these other coaches that do this, like business coaches. If all you're ever doing is, is posting these like insane monetary um, uh, outcomes, while some people may say that that attracts clients, I am going to be totally radical right now. And I am going to say that it also could deter clients. It literally could deter clients. Someone who in this moment does not think that they can make $10,000 in one minute, even though you're saying that you've got lots of people doing it, that person could be sitting and going, yeah, but that's them not me. And then they don't want to work with you or they're not getting back to you. Um, What's another reason? Well, some people truly do get ambivalent. Like they do feel torn. They do feel like they're not sure. They already are thinking, I don't know. I mean, I could do this or I don't have to do it. And that ambivalence can, in their world, they're still they're like kind of dealing with the ambivalence. And in your world, it's like eons are going by and they're just like not getting back to you. Another big reason why people don't follow up schedule calls, like do what they're supposed to do is because is because they're so fucking like, like overscheduled and stressed out. And, and, you know, it's funny. Um, so Someone recently, I don't know, she may be listening to the show. I don't know how often she listens to the show. But someone recently reached out to me and specifically said, could you send me the details of the Academy? This is someone who I've known for years. She's been in my orbit. She comes to a lot of our trainings and whatever. And she worked with me one-on-one, like literally, I'm going to say back in the day, like when I first started coaching coaches. And, but she's been around for years. She's always comes to everything. We're very connected. 
I think we did a VIP day when she had an event coming up. And um, so she just reached out to me during this week of this training and said, hey, could you send me an email? She was very specific. Could you send me an email with the details about the academy? And so I was like, of course I can. And so what I did was, well, what am I going to do? I mean, I could just send her the link to the, the, to the website. She could have found that on her own, right? But instead, I made her a video, right? And I walked her through the, like, the, like, what the academy is. Like, I, sh- I walked her through parts of the sales page. And then I also took her behind the scenes so that she could see the, like, library and all the awesomeness and everything that she would get. And, and then I never heard from her. And when I reached out to her today and said, hey, did you get that video, the email, whatever? You know what she said? I, I started it, but I've been so busy. And this is something, it's a recurring theme with her, is her busyness, right? And so here's what I'm going to tell you. Sometimes people don't even follow up on things that they want to follow up on because they're overcommitted. They're so busy. They have no time. Right. So that's one reason that somebody could be taking like not getting back to you or booking that thing. Well, what's another, you know, what's another reason that they that they might. Right. Um, It it could be that they are afraid that you're, you know, that like you're going to expect them to make this massive commitment and they have commitment phobia. Right. Um, And it could also be that they are in a sort of like a confused state and they reached out to you thinking that it could be like a solution and now they're questioning themselves and they're feeling confused about whether or not it's what they really need or what they really want. And then finally, right, it could also just be that they're not interested. And unfortunately, most people have not done a tremendous amount of work on themselves to be really good communicators. People are uncomfortable. People are literally uncomfortable, like, telling you, like, the truth. Like, I would rather someone says to me, thank you so much, I thought about it. I'm not going to move forward. I'm not going to work with you because I, whatever. Maybe they don't even have to give me a because. Maybe they can just say, "Um, I just decided not to. I'd rather that they said that than just made me beg for it. Like, you know, like I'd, I'd rather that they just like said it rather than me asking them, hey, do you want to like follow up? Do you want to get on a call? I was just wondering, I was just wondering what's going on in your head. I'm just wondering where we're at, wondering if you wanted to like pick that up. Now, this is what I do. I'm saying that in like sort of like a silly way, but that is what I do with people. And it's what I coach my clients to do. I do say, right, I'm always assuming that it's more likely the first, like, I don't know how many things that I say, seven or eight things. I'm always assuming it's those things and not that they just decided like that they don't want to work with me. I'm operating again, unless I'm told otherwise, I'm operating from the place of any of those other things going on besides that they already decided no. And this is their way of telling me. I'd rather give people the benefit of the doubt. Every once in a while, it is the last one. And I'm like, you know what? You really could have just told me that. But I usually operate from the assumption that it's actually one of the other things, which is why I feel good going back to someone and saying, hey, you know, I'm following up. You said you wanted to, you know, like have another call to talk about whatever. And I see you haven't booked it. Let's get it on the calendar. Or hey, I know you said you were going to go talk to your partner or your husband, your wife, your mom, your best friend, your financial advisor about working together. Um, and I'd love to, you know, get on a call or follow up with you and 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 find out like how things are going. Sometimes I'm not even saying you got to tell me yes or no. Sometimes I'm saying, where are we in this process? Just so I know. And so I'm big on that. And I've built that muscle. I'm like a big girl, right? I'm like, this is one of those things where you've heard that expression. Like you got to put on your big girl panties, right? Or your big girl pants or whatever, right? What that is, is you've got to like be okay with like, like, so what? So you may get a rejection. It's not a rejection of you. You may get someone going, no, I decided no. 
So what's going to happen? You're not going to die, right? Do you like it? Do we like it? No. But like, can you survive? Like, can you be like, okay, thank you so much for letting me know. Yeah, you can. That's like a, that's like a, a grown up thing. And so one of the things that kind of sucks is that not everybody acts like a grown up. Not everybody respects other people's time. Not everybody feels a, um, a responsibility to like act good or show up a certain way. People are mostly thinking about themselves. People are mostly in their own world. Those of us who are in the, the world of serving, we think about other people more than other people think about other people. There are people in this world who think a lot about other people and who care deeply about how their actions and behavior impacts other people and really try their best, like even in the case of like saying no or whatever. And then guess what? There are people who just don't think about that and don't give a shit. Do we hate them? Are they bad people? No, but they but they definitely are missing this part of how to communicate. And we come up across those people sometimes or come up across, come up against, come, come in, across paths with people like that. And when it comes to like your friends and your, you know, who you're going to be in a relationship with and a friendship with, you know, you can also decide if that is that if that's important to you. I am 50. I'm turning 55. I'm turning the speed limit, a speed limit in August of 2023. I don't know. I always say like, maybe you're listening to this in like a whole other millennium. Um, and you know what? In the last few years, I've really started to be like, if someone can't show up for friendship the way I do, I don't hate them, but I stop. I stop. I'm the person who's always thinking about everybody. I'm the reacher outer. I'm the planner. I'm the making sure that connections get, you know, stay, whatever. And and over the years, I've learned that I'm friends or I've been friends with some people who are not that. And I've learned that it doesn't make me feel good. And I've learned that if something doesn't make me feel good, I'm allowed to then uh, like decide that I'm not going to have that thing anymore since it doesn't make me feel good. I am allowed to just feel good. I just want to feel good. There are some things that don't make me feel good that I'm not going to do anything about. Like I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to get rid of like a, my, <laughs> my, my, my inner family when there's like inner family bullshit conflict. I'm, you know, I'm not going to get rid of them, but there are some things that I'm like, you know what? That doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel good. It's not a good reflection. It doesn't make me feel right. And so we should be that way in every area of our lives. But back to the client thing. So hopefully, first of all, that helped you wrap your mind around like around all the reasons why someone else is like behaving in a way that doesn't make you feel good. Okay. And sometimes it can be okay that, you know, they're acting that way. If you really feel like they're that that your job is to help them to to be less of like, you know, be less <laughs> like human <laughs> and to help them to evolve, right? But what are the things that you can really do? Number one, and this is like, look, when I'm working with someone, like I told you, I have them walk me through everything and then we do a gut check and we really like kind of talk about like what feels right, okay? But one of the things that you can do is you can set a follow-up limit for yourself, right? Like you can just say, and you could test these things. Remember, anything that you do, you can actually like test it and then change it. But you could say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say that my follow-up limit is three. I follow up with someone three times. And if it's feeling like then I, I'm shifting over into the like chasing energy or the scarcity energy, then I'm going to say three is it. And if I don't get any reciprocation, I'm going to, I'm going to call it, call it. And then, and then if they ever do get back to me, great. I'm not going to like, I don't have to reject them, but I'm going to make my follow-up or my outreach limit three or five or something like that. Right. Okay. What's another thing that you can do? Well, you can actually be okay with waiting a really, like, not a really long time. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, like, years. But you might 
realize you might want to decide to play with the idea that some people are just on your yellow brick road. And even though they're not like they're not taking action that you want them to take, they also are not necessarily they also haven't like done any dramatic thing to get to leave. And so you might decide that they're just going to be someone that you try to do check ins with, like with a little more space in between just to kind of keep the conversation going rather than expecting them to have like some sort of an answer. Now, of course, if they literally said to you they were going to get back to you about X, Y, and Z. Right now I'm talking more about like someone comes to, you know, like a training or an event or whatever that you do and you reach out to them because they were like all engaged and then they like don't do anything. And then maybe you reach out again and say, hey, I just wanted to see if you got my other message. And then, you know, nothing. Then you might have to be like, okay, like I'm just going to like suave for now and, you know, give it a little space and then, and then reach out again. Right. Okay. Another thing that you can do is change the communication method, right? So like there's so many different ways now that we communicate with people. There's texting, there's emailing, there's direct message on Facebook. It's always amazing to me when people literally send me like a personal friend message through Instagram. And I'll be like, why are you messaging me on Instagram, right? But people use Instagram, Facebook, you know, um, LinkedIn, um, and uh, text and phone call and email. And if you think about it, like, is it possible that they didn't get it or see it? Is it possible that they saw it, but then it's in, like, if you message me on Instagram, I'm not going to lie. If you message me on Instagram, sadly, there's a chance that I'll see it and then forget to respond because I don't think of Instagram as like my place of communication, right? So if you really want to reach me, you should like reach me either through Facebook Messenger or email me, right? You can text me if you have my number, um, you know, but like, so remember, like sometimes you have to vary up the communication because you're making these assumptions and you don't know. Another thing that you can do is change the tone. Sometimes I know that like there's a fear of being really direct, right? There's, it's almost like you're reaching out and you're going, it's almost like you just keep being like, hey, just wanted to check in. Mm. I had a coach, one of my, my original coach, and he was like, don't check in. <laughs> he was like, don't, don't check in. Have a purpose with your, with your follow-up. Either follow up and say, hey, I was thinking of you. I saw this article or this thing I thought would, you know, um, that that, you know, we were talking about this and you so offer them value or say, hey, would you like to get on that call? Or I'd like to follow up with exactly what we were talking about, right? Rather than being like wishy-washy and and like ashamed and afraid to let them know that what you really want to talk about is business, So, you know, and like on the flip side, also knowing when they do need to feel supported and not pushed or not pushed, but, you know, not be not as I don't think you should ever not be direct. I don't think you should ever be like making someone think that you don't want to know if they want to work with you when you when when you do. But my point is, is being really is just being really aware of like who you're, who you're interacting with and what would be the best way to like communicate with them. What's another thing you could do? You could be really clear with what you would like the call to action to be. Not I'm wondering what or how would you like whatever, but saying really specifically, I wanted to get that call on the calendar. Um, I want to make a time to speak. I'd really love to know what you want to do moving forward, right? And I wouldn't do it in like a weird lie way. I wouldn't say I have five other people waiting to work with me and now I'm waiting on you because I'm not going to work with them unless you say no or I have a waiting list or, you know, um, my schedule is full. So I really need to hear from you. Like those things, unless they're true, if they're true, great. But I wouldn't use any sort of untrue 
like shenanigans or bullshit to try and manipulate someone into anything. Just be really clear. Just give a really clear call to action. And just be really honest and speak from the heart. I'd really like to know if we're moving forward with our work together. Let me know when when you can give me a definitive answer. Another important thing is to make sure that people know that they can say that they're not interested. And so it could be that you decide that after three or four, whatever your number is, outreaches, that you are going to make a message that says, hey, if you're not, in, if you're no longer interested or if this isn't the right time, please let me know. Right. And like open the door for them so that you're not con- continuing to have the dialogue of the old dialogue where everyone thought you were going to work together. But if their actions, and their behavior are making you question that, then maybe open up that door for them. Give them the exit offer. Right. The exit, you know, opportunity, which is to say, you know, if anything has changed, I totally get it. But please let me know. That could really help in this situation if you wanted to do that. And then finally, the final, final strategy, right, is to move on, to let it go. And to feel like you're doing it from an empowered place. Because when you do that, if and when you do that, it's you setting a boundary. It's you deciding that that was how far you could go with like someone's like someone behaving a certain way it doesn't mean they're a bad person and that now you are you are in a really empowered way saying I release this you know one of the um, steps in my evolved coaching system is called let go Letting go is when you know that you can say I am releasing this I am going to let this go it's voluntary I'm not rejected. It's not that that person like did anything to me like that made me now know they have to know I'm like a loser or a failure or whatever. No, I'm going to release this. I'm letting it go and I'm okay with that. There's 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 the minute that you let that go, the space becomes available for someone else that's that that's more right, that's more aligned. The minute you release the energy that's not feeling good to you anymore, where you're like, I feel like I'm chasing, I feel like I'm being disrespected, I feel like this person is is like, you know, not doing what they said and blah, blah, blah. The minute you let that go, you get to have a total energetic shift and you get to call in the right next person. And it may be the right next many people because it may be that that fixated, focused energy on this one person who's not behaving the way you want them to. There's all these other people that you could be nurturing, that you could be talking to, that you could be paying attention to, that you could be helping, that you could be like bringing onto your yellow brick road. Right? So imagine, right, and I know that when you're in a point in your business where you don't have a million people, I get it. I've been there. I totally understand. I totally understand. You could be thinking, Stacey, but but that might be the only person. And I'm here to tell you that this still applies to you. That I promise you that the minute that you stop paying attention to the person who's starting to actually be an energy suck or an energy drag or starting to shift and making you question yourself and you're getting into this sort of frenzied energy, that energy isn't going to serve you in your business. And so it's more important for you to find a way to release it. And let's go back, back, back to me telling you that if you think that the way that that energy is going to shift is for that person to finally say yes to you, I'm going to challenge that. And I'm going to tell you that guess what? That might be a yes that you regret. Because if it was this hard to get them to communicate and to show up and do it, that's going to probably be an indicator for like how the relationship is going to go. They're going to be the not show upper. They're going to be the person who doesn't get the most out of it. Now, I'm not saying that it's, you know, I'm not trying to like say don't work with anybody that it, you know, that that it takes a minute to like, you know, to connect with. But I think you get my drift. So hopefully what I talked about today is, gives you some 
like, it's like a reference, right? It's like, how do you know? That's how this all started. How do I know when to keep following up and when the energy has shifted and when now I'm chasing or, or, or it's becoming like convoluted or contorted and it doesn't feel anymore like I'm in service and like I'm supporting this person and helping them to make an empowered decision for themselves and that I'm showing up for them because I know that they might need the nudge. They might need that handholding. They might need to hear from me a, a few times to really feel and believe that I have their best interests at heart, that I care about them. See, that's the one side. That's the side that I always try to come from. But how do I know when it shifts from that to the other icky? And I think that like, I hopefully I gave you some ways to think about it and then some actions that you can take that feel more empowered. And then finally, the big sort of takeaway, I hope, is you have to sort of like feel in and you have to like allow yourself to go, okay, this energy has shifted and now I have to decide what I want to do with this like shifted energy. Right? Because no, you shouldn't do anything that feels chasing. But on the other hand, personal outreach and follow-up is a huge business strategy. And what I can't let you do is think that all personal outreach and follow-up is chasing because it's not. So that's what I came to tell you today. Um, if you listened all the way through, thank you. And finally, I am just going to remind you, I literally right now do not know my homework, which is that I usually know what day these episodes are coming out, but I'm pretty sure that I'm still in the safe zone. If you're listening to this episode before June 2nd, 2023, I want to remind you that the Embody Your Passion amazing two-day virtual event is coming up on June 2nd and 3rd. This is for you. I make all of my events and trainings for you. And this is going to be, I think, one of my best things ever. It's all about how to fully embody your mission and your message so that you can show up like a bright, fucking shiny star oozing your passion and your gifts from your pores so that everyone you meet just goes, who is that? I need to talk to her. I need to work with him. I need it, right? That's what I want for you. I don't want you feeling like you're like, you don't know how to talk about what you do and that you feel misunderstood. Okay. So this is all about how to show up in your business, totally confident, owning what you do and feeling like a fucking rock star. It's all about embodiment. It's all about embodiment. Okay. All right. Um, if you ever have any questions about anything, please let me know. And if you have a question, we want to feature you on the air. So like email me your questions or DM me just probably not on Instagram, do it on Facebook, um, your questions. And then I can answer them on the air, on the air, like we have a radio show um, and say your name. Right. And maybe I'll even do an episode where we get to actually have some coaching. But I can't really do any of that unless you, like, you know, make a move. <laughs> make a move because I don't know who's listening, right? I'm just talking. Okay, I'm going to go now. I'll be with you next week. Bye. so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.